It's Tuesday, February 15th, 2022, and this is the Blitz Week of e-commerce on Talk Commerce. Welcome to Talk Commerce, where we explore how merchants, agencies, and developers experience commerce and the communities they work and live in. Don't forget to collect your free joke at the end of this intro. Before the pandemic, most CEOs thought that a 100% remote workforce was unsustainable. The new reality is higher productivity by employees who have had to work at home. We interview Karthik Shidambaram with DC Cap about employee happiness as well as his adventures into selling products. We key in on the fact that he has gone completely remote for all of his staff. And now, your free joke. I have the attention of a goldfish. Seriously, it's been watching me for hours. <laughs> Talk Commerce is supported by the Magento Association. Join today at magentoassociation.org forward slash join. This episode is brought to you by the e-commerce unconference happening on April 8th in Orlando, Florida. This is a platform agnostic event and all are invited. An unconference is a conference where you decide on the speakers and the topics which are to be presented. We already have some great sponsors and supporters. JetRails and WebScale are our headline sponsors this year. We have an educational sponsor from Swift Otter and platform supporters from Shopware and Big Commerce. That's U-N-C-O-N-F dot U-S and get your ticket. Capacity is limited. Use the promo code TalkCommerce to get a fantastic, unbelievable discount. Make this a weekend vacation while attending a fun event. That's April 8th in Orlando, Florida, and I've heard there are some theme parks that are nearby. That's unconf.us. The Talk Commerce podcast is sponsored by Swift Otter. E-commerce developers solve problems daily. In fact, some of those seem like mountainous hurdles that must be climbed in a matter of hours. Stress levels can go through the roof. No wonder the plague of burnout affects developers, too. Ah, but there's a vaccine for that. Investing time in your career will take you farther than you ever imagined. Meet Swift Otter. Swift Otter exists to help you become the e-commerce hero that is indispensable and irreplaceable at your company. We do this through Magento Certification Study Materials and Joseph Maxwell's most recent book, The Art of E-Commerce Debugging. Go to swiftotter.com to learn more about how you can quickly climb the ranks in your quest to be a better developer. While you're there, use the coupon code TALKCOMMERCE for 15% off any digital goods at swiftotter.com. My name is Brent Peterson, and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, Talk Commerce. All right, welcome to this episode. Today I have Karthik Shadrundrum. From DC Cap, Karthik is the founder and CEO of DC Cap. Karthik, could you please introduce yourself much better than I did? Maybe tell us what your day-to-day -day role is and one of your passions in life. 
Uh, first of all, uh, thank you, Brandt. Uh, it's great to be on your show, and I've been uh, following you ever since the early Magento days. So it's uh, great to be on your show. Appreciate that. And uh, yeah, so my name is Karthik Chidambaram. Yeah, but uh, you were close, so but that's cool. And uh, so yeah, so I run this company called uh, DC Cap. We're really excited about what we do and. Um, we specialize in commerce in terms of uh, we have products for the commerce ecosystem. So we have products uh, like Chloris, which is an integration platform of FlexiPem, which is a flexible product information management tool. So yeah, we are a commerce company and we help merchants uh, be successful and create low effort experiences. So it just makes it easy for them to do business online. Great. And, I, and one of the things that um, caught my eye recent, most recently is that You've now uh, decided to let every, or you decided to become a completely remote company, um, and I think that's what's happening a lot in the world. And, and maybe kind of tell tell us a little bit about that. And I know uh, you have um, you have employees all over the world. So has that been a challenge to do that um, from an employee standpoint? Uh, great question, Brent. Uh, it's our so it's been an evolution. So when we, uh, when this pandemic started, as uh, you know, early 2020, so one of the things uh, we did is, hey, you know, we just were so focused and we, in fact, even paused the hiring for a couple of months, right? So between March, April and May, so we said, hey, let's just stay very, very focused, laser focused. And uh, we had to transition to work from home. So we have a majority of the team in India currently. And uh, what happened is the Indian government shut down the entire country um, sometime in the middle of the March. But what we did at DCCAP is even one week prior to the government shutting down, we shut our offices down. And so in hindsight, that was really good because it really gave our team a week to prepare. But then after about a week, we got to hear from the government that the entire country is being shut down. So we already had a little bit of head start there. But then initially the first few days, you know, it was a little bit of scramble, but our team adapted really, really well. And thanks to our wonderful team and also to our culture, that made a lot of difference and it made a huge difference. And then um, what we did is, you know, for a couple of months, we were just working from home, 10 hours on the computer, and everybody was spending more time than what was actually required. But then um, after around June of 2020, what we decided is instead of uh, just focusing our recruitment to one location, we found this as an opportunity to across to hire from across India. So one thing we did is we started hiring people from different states in India. As you know, we have been to India many times. It's a diverse uh, culture, a lot of uh, people, uh, different backgrounds, different cultures, and that's the great thing about India. So we wanted to capitalize on that. So initially, in the early days, uh, when we started DCCAP, a lot of our employees were focused from a region called um, Tamil Nadu, that's where I'm from, and uh, Chennai, and we required everybody to come to the office. But even then, uh, we did provide flexibility for a few people to work remotely because they've been with us, and then for some reason they had to shift 
to a different location and we didn't want to lose them. So we said, you know, it's okay, you know, you can go work from anywhere. But then, um, starting June of 2020, we started hiring people from other uh, states and now started to kind of experiment with other countries as well. So that's how it was happening. But then in 2021, I mean, I was named. I thought, okay, things are going to get back on track soon, but that was not to be the case. But I always believed that, hey, you know, we are going to open the offices at some point and whoever wants to come to the office, they can come to the office and whoever does not want to come and they want to work from home, um, they can just do that. So that's, that was my thought process initially and that was the thought process within the team as well. Uh, and that was distributed work, just like everybody was thinking. But then um, I was traveling and something hit me. And then uh, I was also reading on some companies. As you know, companies like uh, Basecamp or Automatic, which owns uh, WordPress or even GitLab, they have a fully uh, remote culture and they have been very successful. And um, I've also seen... Uh, you know, I've read a lot about on GitLab, you know, they went public, you know, with about 1,300 people and uh, no offices and that they did even prior to the pandemic. So that was inspiring and they had a lot of resources. So I was doing a lot of research on that. And one thing which was obvious to me, reading a little bit on automatic GitLab and some of the other companies is, let's say you have a distributed work where you have an office and where you have some people come to the office and some people not come, it does not create an even uh, balance. So people who come to the office may have a leverage over people who do not come to the office. Well, okay, that can be addressed uh, one reason or the other or one way or the other. Okay, let's say we address that. But then, you know, we have to do a lot of planning in terms of, hey, how many people do we cater to? Because we also uh, offer free food in our offices. So we used to offer free food in our offices when we were running. So how many people are going to eat today? And I think there were some other logistical challenges. And then, and we are not a Microsoft or a Google today, and uh, we don't have those plushy big offices. But then what we do is we invest in travel and we invest in experiences. So we thought, okay, strategically, it'll be good for us as a company to go fully remote because it provides an opportunity for us not only to hire people just from India, but from people across the globe. And that's what we have been doing. And we are super excited about that. Yeah. So I, I think um, in your right now, you're based in Austin, right? So you, you are with a lot of those bigger tech companies that are going through the same thing. Do you think from the difference between the U.S. culture and the Indian culture, there has been a uh, a more difficult, a more difficult uh, transition to remote or has it been fairly easy because of the pandemic? I would say it's been more easier because of the pandemic. Okay. But then uh, there are definitely cultural challenges and maybe the infrastructure. I mean, as you know, in Austin, right, everybody has their private room or you can always go to a library and find a place to work and things like that. But Indian homes are not equipped for remote work yet. So that is a challenge and that could be a challenge. Um, so, but I think, you know, it's evolving. I think this is only going to get better. So over a period of time, it will definitely get better in India. 
Yeah, so that's what I think. Yeah. Um, when when everybody went remote in India, did you help? And I know that you talked about having you know food in the office and like and and things like that. Did you also supplement some of the things that they'd have at home, say their internet, or help the help to have that sort of higher speeds to make sure that their experience online was the same? Absolutely. Um, so we have been paying for the internet, right? So that's something we have been doing um, for a while now, uh, ever since uh, people uh, went uh, remote. And uh, we also help them with some of the other stuff, like things they need. Uh, but again, no, this is constantly evolving because I'm sure that people will need more stuff and there will be more challenges. Actually, I think you know we will end up spending more than what we were spending while we were in the offices. So, yeah, I think it's going to be evolving and we are still trying to figure things out and our culture needs to evolve as well. So we, I mean, one thing we take a lot of pride in is our culture and we are very proud of it. But then um, how does the remote culture evolve? So these are things we are still figuring out and we'll have to adapt to the needs of the team. I know there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of doubters and naysayers when um, when the pandemic happened and then everybody went remote and even in really big companies, a lot of big companies said, no, as soon as this is done, everybody has to come back to the office. And um, I think what we've, what we've discovered is that it does work and that it just requires a different mindset. And you mentioned a couple of them like GitLab and I know Twitter and even Facebook now is, ha has allowed all their customers or not the customers. Yeah. Their customers are remote, all their employees to be fully remote um, so from a, um, from a happiness standpoint, then I you mentioned that, uh, you're supplementing some travel. What are you doing then to keep them happy and to make sure that their, your, your employees are happy? Yeah, uh, Brent, uh, we are still figuring it out because we are still in the middle or I don't know what the fag end of the pandemic. So one thing we wanted to do is, Hey, you know, we wanted to get together and uh, meet and work together as a team for a few days. But then our HR team told us that, hey, let's wait on that. Let's wait for a few more months because we are not ready yet and um, there are new variants coming out. So um, there are definitely some strategic advantages for having a physical office as well, which I do understand. But then assuming that everybody comes to that place, then it creates a lot of avenues for collaboration. So I think we definitely need to supplement that with meetings or we also encourage people, like for example, I'll just share a story. So one of our um, employees, he lives in Trichy and he happened to come to Chennai. So he visited a couple of people he works with in the team and he met them for coffee. So I think these kind of interactions need to happen more and we need to enable that, you know, within our culture. And or maybe let's say, as you know, I mean, you do a lot of travel and uh, when we go to conferences, get the, get the team along. So there is an opportunity to learn, to meet with different people in the team. Like, for example, another thing we did recently, we hired um, uh, one of our team members from Maine uh, near Boston. And then, the, I mean, I, we never met him. And uh, we, the interview was all remote and everything was virtual. And then um, we had a conference come up in Vegas. So all of us went to Vegas and uh, we worked together for a couple of days in the conference. And then I got to know the person I'm working with, and that's how we start team bonding. But then 
Yeah, I've never, uh, prior to the pandemic, at least uh, domestically, I mean, I really like to meet people face to face and then hire the person. But then you know, all that has changed. And also the trust, right? So trust is a very important word and that's an important factor. So you just trust the people to do the right thing. Yeah, no, I, I think that's right. Uh, and trust and um, and with with the idea that it doesn't matter if the employee's remote or if they're in an office, that whatever they're getting done is what's important and not uh, making sure they're punching a clock or, or whatever. I, I think tr trust is a great word to use there. Um, so switching gears a little bit, talking, you mentioned uh, conferences um, and travel. Um, how do you um, help the employee to understand maybe which ones they should attend? Um, for example, in the past, you've been in the Magento space, and um, uh, I believe you've been to Meet Magento in India, right? So now it's fully remote, and, and hopefully next year we'll have it in person. But how do you um, – do you have a policy that allows them to apply to go to these? If, if it's an in-person event or if it's online, do you give them some space to attend the, the online events? Uh, great question, Brent. Uh, we don't tell our people to do this or do that, so just uh, do whatever you like, and that's uh, something uh, we tell our team. So when it comes to travel, actually, not just me, our team has also been to meet Magento events. In fact, uh, I've also said this to you, you know, it's been inspirational the way you run the meet Magento events, especially, you know, for somebody you know, who runs a company in the U.S. to come to India put up an event like that is not a joke and you guys did an amazing job and we got a lot of inspiration from that and we tell our team, hey, look at what Magento is doing, why don't we copy it, right? So that's something uh, we have talked about. But then some of our team has also been uh, to the uh, Meet Magento events in India and even across the world. Um, so we don't really restrict them, we are open about it. But again, you know, we would like to have a little bit of relationship. Let's say if somebody joins the company today and comes tomorrow and tells us, hey, you know what, I want to travel to this place, um, then, you know, that doesn't really ring a bell. But then, you know, there's a little bit of relationship, so we're happy to invest. So we don't really restrict them. So they come up with, hey, you know what, this is a conference I think uh, I would like to go. But we also encourage people to apply for speaking opportunities at conferences. So let's say if they get selected for the speaking opportunity, then we pay for the trip and uh, because that's good branding for them and it's also good branding for the company. So that's something we do. Or um, we also uh, uh, encourage people to attend technical conferences. Like for example, right before the pandemic, there was the AWS uh, reInvent uh, conference in Vegas. So we sent a bunch of people uh, from India to that conference just to learn. So again, you know, it all depends on relationship and um, also what they really want to learn and what they're looking for. Um, what what do you? Um, so I recently, I had I've had some experience uh, with getting getting attendees to come to um, to come to meet Magento India. What would you tell a business owner when he's or he or she? Let's just say the business owner is telling their employees, "You can't have the day off." To attend this event, what would be the importance for a business owner to give their employees some space to take that time off for a Meet Magento event? A oh, great question. Uh, 
See, I mean, uh, in, I mean, let me talk about Meet Magento event itself, right? Because I've been to that um, event um, uh, many times, and I've also traveled to Gujarat, got to see Gujarat as well. Um, so you get to meet a lot of people, right? So you get to meet people like Brand uh, Peterson, and you get to meet people like uh, the leaders in the Magento community, and then you know you get to learn from them, or you talk from them. Hey, you know what you have seen them. You have seen their posts on Twitter or LinkedIn, and you, that's an opportunity to network, right? So that's a big plus. But not just the opportunity to network, right? I think you get inspired when you go to events like this. You know, people winning Magento Master Awards and all that. So that definitely motivates the team, and um, you also get a lot of technical expertise. See, you are only as good as the team, and the team does not have to be just people working within your company. It can be an extended ecosystem or an extended community. So I would say, you know, it's a lot of learning and all the resources are also available online. But uh, that said, especially if there is a physical event, I mean, I've been one of the biggest beneficiaries for traveling, right? So I've really learned a lot. I've met with a lot of people, I've built relationships. Like for example, I mean, um, we have met in Magento events or we have met in events in the past, we developed a friendship. And then I was traveling to Minneapolis and I hit you up, hey, Brent, you know, I'm going to be there in Minneapolis, can you meet? And I just gave you a very, very short notice, and you were kind enough to say, hey, you know what, let's get together for dinner, and we got together for dinner, and that's a relationship. And I think uh, employees can build those relationships, but then let's, let's say that, you know, they're working on a project, and they get stuck, and they don't know where to go to. Hey, you know what, I can call this person from this company, and this person might know. And then, you know, you just got get to talk to them. So that's another um, way. So there are a lot of benefits. So definitely uh, encourage everybody to attend, um, you know, events. But again, you know, you have to be selective too, right? Like you said, sometimes, you know, it just gets overwhelming. And if you don't go to the right event, then that's a challenge as well. Yeah, and I, um, so I, 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 I'm a, I agree. I, I think that in, that the, let's just say developers, developers should be attending as many of those events as you can. And then it, I think it's an important thing to say when they get back from the event, you should share with the team something that you've taken away from the event uh, so that um, your team members, the ones that didn't have an opportunity can, to attend, can also learn something from that event. Uh, is there is there anything that you do in that in those regards to try to disseminate some of that information back to your larger team? Well said, Brent. Uh, we do exactly the same thing you just said. So every time they, I mean, we have some travel uh, protocols, things you should do, uh, not do, and things like that. But one of the things we do encourage is after you're done with the event, we ask the people to write, right? So we definitely encourage writing. So we ask them to write and then post it in our uh, community so everybody can see, hey, you know, what is that they did? We also ask them to share some pictures. So anytime I travel, I make sure I make it a point to write about it. Like, you know, I met you in Minneapolis. I shared with the team, hey, you know what? I met with Brent in Minneapolis. So, I mean, I definitely do that. And we ask everybody to do that as well. Not just the people they meet, but the learnings from the event. And I think that's the key thing. So what is that you learn from the event? And uh, what are the things we can do better? So, yeah, we definitely ask them to write and share it with the rest of the team. Um, I think sometimes the... Um the owners or the the leadership of the business and I'll I'll say I'll be guilty of this as well they they are more worried that 
their employees are going to give something away rather than to get something. And I think these events are an opportunity to share that information. And I guess if you look at open source, that open open source software is that opportunity to share what you've done and make it better. And employees attending the events and then employees sharing it is more important than somebody sitting in a in an office just plugging away at a keyboard. Um, maybe you could uh, just speak a little bit about how opportunities come up in terms of relationships and how um, maybe from from a from a personal growth standpoint, the developer, if we put it in in the in the eyes or the, we frame it as a developer, that developer can learn more and do more as a group rather than by themselves just plugging away trying to do their eight hours. Absolutely. Um, so again, um, there was that sense of insecurity as well in the early days. Let's say what if uh, you know we send people to events and then uh, they give more than take or what if they get hired by another company and things like that, right? So all this happens. But then I don't think, uh, I mean, I used to think about these things in the past, but then as we got better as a company, we don't really pay too much attention to it because we are investing, right? So we are really investing on the person and it's up to the person to realize that, hey, you know what? The company is really investing on me and uh, let me make sure that I learn and share the knowledge with the uh, um, rest of the team. So that's how we uh, look at it. And also let me just give you an example. So oftentimes, right? So it's always an ecosystem, so you don't want to do everything by yourself. And if somebody does something better than you, just partner with them. That's been our philosophy. So like for instance, uh, we are working on solutioning something to a customer and uh, the customer has a specific pain point, then we might remember somebody we met at the event or maybe a booth we visited. Hey, maybe this company does just that. So why don't we partner with them or talk to them or have a conversation with them and plug in their solution within whatever we are trying to solution for the customer. So I think that's the key thing, right? So that thought process, you know, it needs to strike your mind. Hey, you know what? This is a solution I need to give to the customer as a as a developer. So this is what I have. What is that I don't have, right? So I can do online research. That will definitely help. And then maybe it might strike me, right? Hey, I met this particular person. Why don't I reach out to that person? So I think that's what the relationship is. Um, maybe if we could switch gears now a little bit to D DC. Let's talk a little bit about DC Cap. I know that uh, DC Cap, uh, you were originally a services company, and now you're moving into more of a product company. Is that correct? Uh, that is correct, uh, Brent. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah. tell us that journey. Is was there a reason that you've done this, or um, uh, tell us about your your reasoning and journey behind that uh, that decision making? Yeah, we have tried uh, products. Uh, again, uh, one of the things we have done is we have done a lot of mistakes. We have failed multiple times. And um, so even in uh, 2008, 9, and 10, you know, we had some products. We dabbled with it. But then uh, we didn't really understand SaaS that much. And uh, we could not. It was actually going well. But then for various reasons, we had to shut it down. So one thing we did learn by working with Magento and some of the other companies is we understood the power of community and the power of an ecosystem. So as you know, what keeps Magento going is the 
ecosystem and the community. And we definitely got inspired by that. So what we are trying to do right now is we are trying to build the DCCAP community and the DCCAP ecosystem. And uh, it's very hard to build an ecosystem by doing services. And so you need to have some really, really cool products, which actually creates economic benefits for people using the product. So that was, that, that was always been in our mind. So we really want to be an ecosystem or not just being an ecosystem, you know, we wanted to be a product play. But then, as you know, services does generate revenue, it helps generate cash. So, you know, it really help fund our products. So, yeah, so, so we're slowly transitioning and we're transitioning to be a completely product company. So we just start servicing only our products and only our suite of products. So that's something we're working on and we are through that journey right now. Um, tell us about uh, tell us about something you're excited about. What 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 is what are the products that you're excited about that you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so again, um, one of our biggest products uh, is called DC Caps uh, Chloris platform. It essentially is an integration platform. It helps integrate your ERP with your e-commerce. Again, when we started doing this, we started doing this about four years ago. We were not too sure what we were doing. And uh, we just try to integrate two systems because we have done a lot of integrations um, doing um, services. But then um, once we started doing, we got to understand the market better. And we got to understand that the market we are after is much, much bigger because everybody, any mid to large company would need integration because that's needed for creating low effort experiences. And then we got to understand that MuteSoft, which is now owned by Salesforce, is doing the same thing. And we also got to understand that Dell Boomi, which is Boomi, which is owned by Dell, and they call it Dell Boomi, is also doing the same thing. So that was exciting for us because, hey, you know what, we're pretty much doing the same thing what these guys are doing as well, and they are big names. But let me tell you what, right, our product is very, very cool. Anybody who's seen our product, they love it. And we compete, I mean, even better, right? I mean... Uh, uh, actually, we don't have a big sales team. You know, it's mostly a technical uh, team, which is and the customers and word of mouth. So they look at the product, and it's like amazing technology. It really creates a low effort experience, and it solves the pain points for distributors out there. So especially if you're a B two B distributor out there, and integration is a big challenge for you, you have to use Close. Again, you can use other products as well. That's fine, but we compete. I mean, we are very confident on our product, right? I mean, because, I mean, the reason I say that is it's because of the team, right? So it's not like we tell them, hey, you know what, build this feature or build that feature. I don't tell them anything. So, I mean, they just do it. And I mean, when I sit on these demos, I'm like, wow, you know, this is really, really amazing. And I mean, I'm super excited, as you can tell. So I think we're really betting on it, and uh, we have a little over 140 customers on the platform today, so which is very interesting, and everything has been organic, and we have kind of been doubling, almost doubling every year, and we are looking to, in, in terms of that particular product, and we are trying to see what does that need to do to have a much bigger growth. But again, you know, we are learning, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of failures along the way, but, you know, that's something I'm very excited about, you know, so that's definitely a product. And another product which I'm also excited about is another product called QA Touch, uh, which is a test management uh, product. And again, you know, one of the things, you know, we have always been uh, good at DC Cap is our testing team has been phenomenal. And these are people with some really, really smart brains and uh, excellent uh, talent. 
and uh, customers anytime they work with them they really love the team and they say that hey i want to work back with the same team all over again so but then we were asking ourselves hey these people are so smart how do we leverage their expertise because if i just ask them to sit and work on testing forever you know it's not going to work and you know we're going to lose them so let's uh, do something cool and we also encourage don't do the same good thing for too long so doesn't matter right i mean even if you're very very good at magento we don't want you to work on magento forever just get out of it right so that's something we encourage so that's when qa touch was started you know we started about 3 years ago or maybe i think even for i think it's been there for about 4 years now so when we started qa touch you know we rolled it out but then we were not getting signups and uh, but then we we figured out you know we tried to even do some paid campaigns we got some signups but people were not using the product so we did some strategic changes there and now that's grown organically and we have a little over 150 customers it's it's small you know it's not big and actually you can use the product for free you can just sign up for free at qatouch.com but then you know if you like it and if you need more additional features or if you need more users you can start paying for it we just charge 50 dollars a month so it's not too expensive and uh, so that's another product i'm excited about and um, and uh, But one thing which is really cool about that product is you don't really need any handholding, right? Click, sign, start using, and pay, and yeah. So that's something you know. And again, you know, we have a few other products too, right? Like FlexiPerm and other things, but still on the works. Yeah, yeah that's that's uh, that is super exciting. I can see uh, I can see your passion in in those things, and that that you are very excited about it. Um, so maybe uh, if we could comment just a little bit about Magento and. um how magento has now gone through a transformation into adobe uh recently magento.com is no more and where i think it's business.adobe something like that from a community standpoint how do you think we're going to keep our community keep how how are how are we going to keep the magento community alive yeah oh uh. that's an interesting question okay i uh, i don't know if you've read this book called the sapiens um which is an interesting book you know which talks about um, human evolution and um everything that has started someday maybe after thousands or billions of years you know eventually um does not exist anymore but um, i don't know if that's the right analogy but then i feel that again all of us have been beneficiaries or at least you know the people you know you or me we have learned a lot from magento right so the way they run the company i mean right from roy rubin uh you know who started the community or started the platform to mark level who did an amazing job and then eventually got sold off to adobe um i think if you look at it in adobe's perspective i think they are doing the right thing right so uh, so I, i mean again you know there are customers who are paying a lot of money for the product um and they expect a lot better service but there are definitely some challenges as well right so with respect to performance and everything so the community gets together um to fix some of those challenges so i would say i mean on a community perspective i think we're still going to be very much alive meeting people at different events and magento is going to exist in one way or one form or the other but adobe is going to do their thing which i think they are doing the right thing you know i mean we i mean all of us love adobe as a company 
And there are a lot of things we can learn from them. And I think uh, they will probably make Magento better. But then, before they make their big company, okay, so they are bound to make some mistakes. So before they can make it better, I think some of the people like us, we can leverage that. We can maybe make it even better. Um, so I don't really have a specific answer. I don't know if I'm answering your question or not, but I think I think all of us knew that this was coming and we got to live with it, but let's look at the positive. So that's how I look. Yeah, at good. It. And I, I know that was a, that was a hard question and, and there's not, there's not a real, a real good answer for it. Um, I think some of the things that are happening with Mosca and, and some of these other open source uh, initiatives or, or people that are pushing open source are going to keep part of it alive at least or keep pushing forward on this on the community part of it. Um, so, uh, you know, you had mentioned the DC Cap community. What what are you doing to build your community? Yeah. We're still figuring it out, right? So internally at DCCAP, we don't even call ourselves as a company. We say it's a community and it's an ecosystem, but I'm able to see it happen, right? So because even with some of our products, uh, you know, some of our customers are asking, hey, you know, what can I do this or can I do that? And then we give them access and then they're starting to build it. So what uh, we are trying to do is, I mean, you know, it's just like a playbook, but it's not easy to copy. The playbook is available for everybody to copy, but it's not that easy to copy. So, in fact, one of the things we did is um, we did our own DCCAP summit as well. Prior to the pandemic, we did a couple of events. We did one in Cleveland. We did one in LA. And, um, you know, we were really impressed. I mean, you know, we were excited because people did travel from different places to attend the DCCAP summit. And then it started happening online. So definitely events is something we are trying. But the key thing is, you know, we're just focused on the product, you know, so we're trying to create features of the product, which really make it a community. So make it, make developers to start using on it. With uh, QA Touch, in a way, we're already building it, you know, because people interact with each other and they use the platform. It's it's a lot of testers right around the world. But then, you know, with respect to e-commerce, we have Clores. And I think, as you may know, we also have a PIM product, FlexiPIM, Flexible Product Information Management Tool. So we are trying to create all these products in an ecosystem. So let's say any distributor, if they come to DCCAP, they can learn. Hey, you don't have to buy a product. You don't have to buy anything. You can learn. You can get a lot of information. And then, by the way, you can just check it out. And if it's good, start using it. And again, you know, I mean, I really believe in an open community. So let's say, for instance, if somebody can do better than us, then we would also welcome them to our community and then start have them even sell to our customer base, which is totally fine with us. That's what Magento did, and that's what Salesforce is doing. So yeah, we are still uh, working on things. You know, it's a work in progress. I don't think we are there yet. You know, we have a long way to go, but we are ready for the long haul. Yeah, it's a it's an exciting time and and different times, isn't it? Um, so we have a we have five ten minutes left here. What what uh, as a as a merchant, what would you tell a merchant right now that um that that is important to them for um, getting online or, or increasing their online sales. And in, I guess in your case, you're really helping them to create that omni-channel experience by putting these different systems together. How would you approach that? How would you approach a customer in, in, in advising them in that aspect? See, one thing I definitely want to tell merchants out there is be very smart about your investments. So just because you invest a lot of money in a platform 
does not mean that it's all going to um, turn out great, right? So I think the first thing is, you know, choosing the right platform is uh, definitely critical. Keep things simple. So a lot of times, right, even before you get onto the technology side of things, you have to make sure you take care of the product data, you know. So even before you start working on, uh, let's say, a massive um, uh, project ma or site migration or a new site build or something like that, so you have to make sure you have all the product data and the content. So, I, I mean, I've seen a lot of merchants under-invest on the content and over-invest on the technology. So I would say be very, very smart about your investments. Start small, right? So, I mean, again, you know, if you're a big merchant, then that's a different thing altogether, right? But I also run experiments, right? So I've seen oftentimes, you know, sometimes I've seen people go for the brand names. Hey, you know what? I'm choosing this particular company because, hey, you know, they are a big software company and uh, it's going to just be, great but then once they go and once they start doing things they really figure out hey you know it's not as easy and it's as simple as it sounds i've heard a lot of horror stories of merchant spending like millions of dollars and then figure out that hey that's not the right path to do uh, that's not the right way to go but then they have been smart right i'm okay to write that off they just write off that investment and start fresh with something small or a different platform and things like that so do your research right so there are a lot of smart people out there and um, I would say sometimes you know it's not even about you know it all depends on who's actually going to be working on your project you can work with a very big company but then if uh, the smart person is not working on your account or if you're not using the right product or the right technology that can really uh, not be so great let me share a story right so before we used to have um, I think we had some mail servers and everybody had to, had to install the mail accounts in our uh, uh, computer and it was a cumbersome process but then we switched to Google I would say about six seven years ago and it's been seamless and I think all of us or a lot of companies use Google today or they use uh, Microsoft um, Outlook right or uh, the equivalent platform at Microsoft so it's, it's a seamless transition but assume that we were not using Google okay Think about it, right? How would that work in this pandemic? You know, it would have been really, really hard. So I think, you know, choosing the right technology is very important. That's great. Yeah. Um, so uh, as as we close out today, I, I gave everybody an opportunity to do a shameless plug. So you can promote anything you'd like. Uh, what would you like to plug today? So, Brent, instead of uh, using the shameless plug for me, I'd like to use that for you. I mean, I would like to talk about you for a few minutes. You know, I think I've definitely been inspired uh, by you in terms of the events uh, you guys put out at uh, Vegento. I think that's been uh, a big differentiating factor, right? I used to wonder, you know, why is Brent doing an event in India, right? So that was like, hey, he's not going to find customers there. Why does he want to do events there? But then, hey, you know, it's great branding, right? So you really established your brand and... Uh, it also helps in recruiting, and I've also seen you at a lot of events, or even the big damn run um, you organized, or you uh, used to organize at uh, Vegas when these Imagine uh, was on. I think that was actually a pretty cool thing too, because you pretty much get the entire Magento community or people who are interested in running. You know, it's not easy work because we have done events, and I mean, I enjoy that too because hey, and you not only conduct those events.
happens, but you also practice what you preach. Like you run yourself, and that's something which is really cool. You know, you're very, very fit, and definitely take inspiration from that as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think you know these are things a lot of companies out there can copy. And again, you know, you build your team and community around that. So yeah, so I think um, thanks for being inspirational, and I would like to run like you. Maybe go to different cities across the world and run and stay fit. There we go. Try. Well, maybe we need to do the Chennai Marathon together. I'll be cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, thank you for that. That's very kind of you. Um, we, we do have an event coming up in Florida. It's an unconference. And an unconference is not your typical conference where you have set speakers and a set agenda. It is a conference where the agenda and speakers or presenters are, are set at the conference. And it's also not a huge conference. It's about 140 people. And it's set at that amount, so it's not chaos, because we're going to have 140 people decide on what topics they would like to see. And then they're out of that 140 are also going to be the presenters for those topics. So um, it is a it is a um, it is a it is a format that developers or developers have used quite a bit in the past. So IBM and well Magento and and things like that. But um, it has been somewhat of a challenge educating Americans on what an unconference is. But anyways, our our next our our um. Our next conference, yes, it is our next conference, is in Florida on January 21st. It's called Unconference, Ecom Unconf Florida. Um, so that's what I'm excited about. Well, we are putting on Meet Magento Indy again, and it's not in person, unfortunately. It's a uh, it's a virtual event. Um, so uh, we're we're very excited about all those things. And and again, thank you for that. Uh, for that, I guess a shameless plug transfer, and I, you know, I think one thing to comment on from a business owner standpoint is um, there isn't always a direct correlation from from an event or sponsoring event. So we're often asked about the audience for the big damn run, and if as soon as you ask about the audience, you've missed the idea of the point of the big damn run. And we've always had sponsors for the Big Damn Run, and and the year that um, the year that um, Magento was purchased from eBay, I remember Magento saying, "What do you need for the Big Damn Run? We'll give you some money or whatever." They they, they were definitely there to help us, and they recognized that the event did not have a direct ROI meaning that this this event is not something where you're going to go and find a customer that customer is going to buy your product and or your service and you're going to you're going to be able to say oh I got you know XYZ corp to purchase from me and now I can I can attribute that to the big damn run the big damn run is somewhere or is was an event that would allow you to meet other people in your industry and create relationships and I think you, as you said earlier, um, those relationships are very important in building those building blocks and helping us to know how we're doing things in our industry. And like we've met through those, through these type of events, if we're all in our corners or in our little bubbles, not sharing and never learning or never venturing out, 
we're never going to do that. And and I would argue that if if you as a business owner have that straight ROI standpoint, that if I, I if if we're not going to sponsor this event, we don't if we can't get a direct ROI from a sponsorship at this event, then it's not worth doing the event or however you look at it. It's 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 more than that. It's it is like you said about. It's more. It's about the community and how you're building a community. But more, more importantly, it's about how you, as a company, as a leader, yourself as a leader, or myself, are helping our employees to build those relationships, just like we're building relationships. The the relationship doesn't stop at the top of, of the leadership ladder, right? The relationships should go all the way down to those developers. And I think even what you said earlier in the show was, um, who do I ask when I can't solve a problem? Magento's is the best example of how developers are enabled or are empowered to ask questions of other developers of other companies, and nobody's afraid to say, I did it this way. And that's unique in our community, and that should be promoted. So that's my... That's my very long, shameless plug. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, normally we would just cut off, but I have to ask you then, uh, so are you going to do the, uh, you have the Austin Marathon coming up in February. Are you going to run that? I might be traveling around that time, uh, Brent, so I'm not too sure. Be, okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, I would love to do that. <laughs> um, Karthak, thank you so much for being here today. Um, uh, Karthak, uh I'm going to I'm going to try your name uh Shid Shidrabam Shidrabara Chidambaram yeah 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 all yeah, right that's fine he yeah. is the founder and CEO of DC Cap thank you so much for being here thank you Brent, for all the learnings uh, thanks for having me Talk Commerce is supported by the Magento Association join today at magentoassociation.org/join Thank you again for listening. My name is Brent Peterson, and it has been my pleasure to be your host today. Please rate and subscribe to Talk Commerce, new shows out every week.